This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3558 for Wednesday, the 23rd of March, 2022. Today's show is entitled, How I'm Learning Haskell. It is part of the series Haskell. It is hosted by Tuku Toroto and is about 23 minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is Tuchito talks about how she's learning Haskell. Hello, this is Tuula Turto and you're listening to the Hacker Public Radio. In today's episode, I'll talk about how I started learning Haskell. So, I had learned a bunch of different kinds of languages before, like started with the basic and then branched out to the Java and VP.NET, Sharp, Python and so on. There's a long list of languages and I have... Well, maybe I have learned one or two of those properly, and other, other, others I have some idea how they are used, and I have written small programs, but I probably couldn't say that I really know those languages. But anyway, I had I had programmed for quite a while. So, of course, I heard about Haskell, and how it's really different and difficult, and how you need superpowers to write it. So, obviously, I wanted to try my hand at, hand at that. First, I skimmed internet. There's a quite big amount of Haskell tutorials there, but the one that really caught my attention is the How to Learn Haskell by Chris Allen. I put a, a link to this in the show notes, of course. And that's a that's not a tutorial in itself, but it's a collection of tutorials, links to the different collect, different tutorials and resources. And from there, I got to the C. CIS-194 by, by Brent Jorge. This is a university lecture that starts from the very basics and builds from there. It's, it's a really good place to start learning Haskell. So I, I did that for a while, and then I stopped, and then I tried, had a half a year break, I think, tried again, and got a little bit farther and stopped. So I repeated that a couple of times. I I was learning things, certainly that is a good good tutorial, but I didn't really know how to apply pieces. Like I know I knew how to uh, operate with the lists and how to do calculations and how to write your own records and things like that. But I I really didn't know how to apply the pieces together. At the same time, I was uh, skimming through the Learn Your Haskell for Great Good. That is a often recommended book. It is it, it is pretty good, but for some for some reason it didn't work for me. I don't I can't really put my finger on why it didn't work for me. But just I read that for a while and then stopped. But I still use that now and then when I have to check some syntax that. I don't often use, for example, cards for some reason is a thing that I haven't properly memorized yet. <clears throat> okay, at this point I started to having a, having a faint idea how things work. So, of course, I wanted to write a game because why not? And instead of starting from the scratch, I found a project called Lambda Hack. That is a 
uh, library for writing roguelike games. It's and it's written in Haskell, and it was really neat. Like it was easy to get started with, and start doing your own modifications. And it's and it's written as a library, so you can just take library and then then the example project or and start modifying modifying that you don't have to touch to the library at all it's quite a lot of it felt like I was just writing configuration files with a fancy syntax and like I said I got it up and running and I think I made a couple versions of my game but uh, the code base was far too big for me so I couldn't really understand again how everything fit together and there were a lot of concepts that I didn't understand and that that made reading the code quite hard. But so I I kept at it for a while and then gave up. But I realized that writing games is fun, so I, wa- I wanted to write more and I wa- wanted to write something a lot smaller. Something that wouldn't be so big. So I wrote a river exploration game. This is based on a, a there's a stream nearby our house, and our kid is often playing there. And one winter, we were there, and she was explaining how how there's a, all these gold stashes and obstacles and whatnot there that she needs to overcome to find the gold. So I got the idea that this sounds like a great game, and I wrote that, and I scaled down a lot. Like the, uh, it was running in a console, so it it only had a textual input and output, and it was turn-based. So the game was telling that this is the situation you are currently in, and here's the options you can do: one, two, three. And then the player, player selects an option, and then the game proceeds to the next turn. And 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 that that one actually I finished. Sadly, I have lost the source code for that. I I thought I had that still, but apparently I don't have. And that was probably my first complete uh, Haskell program that did something useful. And here I here I learned how to how to think a bit how to put things together, like like uh, in a sense of a overall structure of the program. How you how you structure 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 the program in a way that you have the interactions with the outside world. In this case, in this case, the screen and the keyboard in one part of the program. And then there's a, and you try to keep that part of the program as small, as small and as possible. And then you have the another part of the program that is the actual logic of the program, the, the thing that tells you when it receives input that how the how things proceeds. And that's that that's the that's the bigger part of the program, and that's the part where that I enjoy writing most actually so uh, after that I started writing a yet another program this is the deep space one this is actually a web based game and 
uh, I don't like writing user interfaces. For for some reason, I never got a hang on hang on how to design user interface in any any program programming language. So here I uh, used uh, to took a shortcut, and because it's a web based program, I could write the Haskell part of the program to have a, just a uh, interface that you can connect to. And then I wrote the actual user interface with the element. And that, that is just sending sending messages and queries to the server and ser- server response that this is the situation. And that is really good match for the Haskell in in, in my uh, experience because then you have then you have this uh, thin layer that interacts with the uh, as a web server and connects to the database and then you have this part where you do all the computations and calculations and see like what happens when a player does something, what is the next result. And then the, the thin layer is responsible of storing the new new data into database and sending messages back to the client. And uh, that that one is uh, written on top of Yesod. Yesod is a, a, a library or web server. I guess web service. Uh, okay, it's a library for writing web-based pro- programs with Haskell, and that was really easy to start with. Like there's a, a simple example project that shows basics of things like authentication, authorization, uh, connecting to the database, putting stuff on the as a outputting stuff as a HTML. And I could just take that one and start modif- modifying it, just adding it little little things and making this simple hello world program scroll only grow towards to a game. And this is probably where the pieces finally started falling in place to me. Here I started to really see the uh, the big picture of the Haskell, how 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 to st- structure the programs and how to do things. And if you are familiar with the uh, hexagonal architecture, or I think it's sometimes called onion architecture, this this is this is the same thing. So, or, or sometimes it's even called ports and adapters. I think. Anyway, the the idea is that you have a, a thin crust or surface layer that is used to connect the the outside world to your program, and then you have the uh, insights that is uh, charge of doing the actual business business of the program, and that outside layer does the interact the interactions with the user and screen and database and whatnot you have other systems maybe, and that insight is the part that does the actual uh, calculations, and this inside part is never ever connecting to these outside systems. They are they are separated from it. Anyway, uh, 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 and after this one, I, I mean, actually, this is where I am currently. I'm still working on that game and trying to learn more more things about Haskell because the language is so the there's so many libraries and there's so many fascinating com, uh, ideas and so so many different ways of doing things. 
like the, when you start looking looking a solution to a some problem, you often end up finding multiple solutions. And when you pick one of those solutions, then that narrows down some future future solutions. You cannot that that uh, affects on what kind of choices you can do in the future. So sometimes it's a bit tricky to figure out what what pieces and what approaches you want to apply on any program. <clears throat> but uh, I haven't stopped learning. I currently am uh, working on writing more more programs and I'm reading books and blog posts. I mean, this is this is what I have been doing alongside of of this. There's a, a list of some interesting books in the show notes. But I can go them through here too. Uh, so there's a, some books are for specific subjects, some some are for more broader broader approach. I and these are these are in alphabetical order. These are not in the order I read because I couldn't figure out in which order I read them. There's this uh algebra driven driven design by Sandy McGuire and this probably isn't a book that you should start with. This 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 things how you apply algebra to design your programs. And it's a it's a fascinating subject but that's probably something that you should not start with. There's a optics by example by Chris Penner. This is super good book about lenses and optics in general. It's related on how you query and modify immutable nested data in Haskell. And I would read this before that algebra-driven book because this is this is more more uh, hands-on practical use, but this isn't uh, something you should start with probably. And and the whole, but as soon as you start having a nested data, like you have a data that has a, a multiple levels and structure, and you start re- reading and modifying that, then this book is good to pick up because this 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 shows you tools how to how to do that in a pleasant way, let's say. Uh, production Haskell by Matt Parsons Parsons sorry. And thinking with types, type level programming in Haskell, again by Sandy Makaya. This is a, a bit more advanced concept maybe. This, is, this talks about how you can move some uh, computations from the, from the, uh, let's say, how do I, from the execution. Yeah, you can move some computations from the execution time of the program into the compilation time of the program. This 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 is something that I'm not particularly good at, but the uh, idea is that you can express in a pipe level things things about your the data that you're processing. You can, for example, say that this function that operates with lists expect list to have at least two items in it. Otherwise otherwise it cannot do do the whatever it is. As for example it could be a function that uh, takes two first items from the list and does some operation to them and then and then uh returns some value. And that of course cannot be done a list that doesn't have uh, those two items on it on it. 
So you can express these things on a type level in a compilation time. So in the compilation time, the compiler will actually check that if this thing expects list of two items and this this place is calling it, but this place that is calling cannot guarantee that there's at least two items, then it's a compilation error. So you push some of those checks into the compilation time. And that is something I would like to learn, but I haven't gotten around my head yet. Then there's the, what I wish I knew when learning Haskell by Stephen Deere. And this is really good. You, you, when you're starting, this, like the name suggests, would be a good thing to skim through. And then it's a fairly big document. And then after skimming it through, then read it again and start digesting what has been said. Because there's a lot of interesting stuff in, and useful stuff in that book or document. It's a, it's a PDF that circulates in the net. And then there's, a, of course, blogs that I read when I'm trying to learn more, more things about Haskell. And I'll put the links on, 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 on the show notes to this. There's this Planet Haskell. That's a aggregation of various blogs that talk about Haskell. And there's a, there's a interesting stuff. There's a, there's a stuff like very, very uh, basic things. Then there's very advanced things. There's a mixture of everything there. That, that is worth checking out. And Monday Morning Haskell and Lexi Lambda are two other blogs that I actively follow. And of course, there's plenty of videos in the YouTube and other stream, uh, in the other video services. There's a conference, conference talks, there's hobbies talking about the projects, there's a teaching and so on. So I, when I feel like watching a video, I just search random, randomly Haskell videos and try to find something that looks interesting and start watching it. And if it's a, a relevant to my interest, then I watch it. And if, if not, I just discard, discard it because there's so many videos out there and there, there's, um, of course, varying quality. And the thing that I have problem with videos is that it's hard to follow for me. Because with book, it's easy. You can read the same sentence or same chapter or paragraph multiple times and take your time and let the things sink in. And But with the video, it's a steady stream coming at the same pace. Of course, you can rewind it, but then you are then like finding the exact, exact correct spot might be a bit tricky and then it, it feels jumpy and everything. But some, 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 I, I especially, especially enjoy conference talks. Yeah, they are interesting to watch. Uh, so, that's, that's basically my approach to learning Haskell. So, lots of, lots of, uh, tinkering with the code, a little bit of reading, a little bit of watching videos. And, the, the thing is that it's easy to it's easy to do things and you know how to do those. But with Haskell, the uh, 
the language and the, how you approach programming is so uh, it's so quite quite different from other mainstream languages. So if you have learned, uh, say, C sharp, and you are really good at it, and then you start learning Haskell, the, it's it might actually be harder to learn Haskell in that point than if you were starting from the scratch you, and the Haskell were your first language to learn. But then, of course, if you were later on learn, going to learn a C-sharp, then it would be so different. So then the learning of the C-sharp would be hard. So the unlearn, unlearning the previous learned, learned concepts is hard. And because Haskell is so different, it's, it, there's a quite a bit of unlearning to do. And learning, on the other hand, it's it's just about willingness to suck at something until you don't suck at it anymore. So when you're learning a new thing, it's going to be hard, of course. You're not, you're not going to just pick a book, read it through, and be an expert Haskell programming. I mean, you could if you, if you are exceptionally good at this stuff, but most likely you won't be. So... It and so yeah. Um, then people learn differently, of course. Some some people like reading, some people like watching videos, some people like listening to the podcasts. But uh, practice is something that everyone needs, and it's better to write ten ten small programs and finish them to, than to write a one huge program and never finish it. So just pick, pick, picking up some uh, interesting some interesting con, uh, problem, it could be a really tiny game. It could be a, just a program that gives you a random quote every every morning as you log in the, on your computer. And just pick something, write it, and you learn a little bit, and then you rinse and repeat that try to write different kinds of programs, some that works on the console, some that works in the web, some that have a graphical user interface. And practice is, practice is something you, you will, will need. You cannot get good at programming just listening to some random woman talking about how they learned Haskell. You have to, you have to do the work yourself. And while Haskell is different, you don't, you really don't need a math degree to write Haskell. And you don't need to know category theory. And you don't need any superpowers. You just need practice. And more practice. And even more practice. And that's the, that's the, that's the thing you, that learning, learning is about. At least for me. I, I, I can read a bunch of books, but I don't really learn those things before I try those in some program and figure out how the how the pieces fit together. So, uh, if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, if you want to tell 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 us how you learned Haskell or what your approach was, and of general anything about Haskell, you could record your own episode. And you can reach me by email or at the Fediverse. I'm tuturto at tech.lgbt. Ad Astra. 
have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.